Dear Lord, what a sad little life, Jane. You ruined my contribution completely so you could have funding. But I hope now you spend it on getting some lessons in impact and praxis. Because you have all the impacts of a reversing dump truck without any tyres on. You were a nominated person, weren't you, Richard? Someone got in contact yeah, to say that we should I get... Was. I'm not your normal kind of... Am I? I'm an, I'm an old, white, sort of middle-aged man. It's not the done thing, is it? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, that's but... probably our, our audience. That's... Yeah, I was nominated by James Brown, not the real James Brown, in, <gasps> um, who's in Sweden, but is formerly of this parish at De Montfort. Magic. We've gone international with these. We had US and now Europe, which is just brilliant. It's all of it, really, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. You, you're saying it's, it's, contra- it's contracting. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or maybe it's even more international. Being in that post-Brexit age, I think we're supposed to think of ourselves as being more closely aligned to the US than. Oh yeah, we're global Europe. now. Yeah, and Australia. Yes, yes. But that was ha- that happened because of Eurovision, not because of Brexit. Oh, okay, let's okay. be honest, yeah. yeah. Eurovision and nuclear submarines. You need someone. <laughs> that, yeah. I, for one, am loving not finding food on the shelves. I think we got our blue passports and fuck yous all. Praxis. This whole thing, when you sort of said, oh, it'll be six o'clock, I'm thinking, oh my God, six o'clock. I'm an old man. I can't do this. Well, I've been on, been on Teams meetings since eight in the morning. Ugh. Oh, Teams. Don't even come talking about Teams. I hate Teams so much. It's, it's just worse. ruins everything. Okay, well, well, let's try and get on with it then. So- and this is why we don't have old straight white men on. This Because they've got to cook and do the cleaning. Exactly. Yeah, they've got loads of social reproduction to form. Do you want to do the intro, Louise, or do I? Well, I don't have my kazoo because I'm down south, so sorry. No kazoo? Oh, no, I mean, no. I, ha- I have one, don't worry. Okay. Don't worry, say, it's okay. It's, it's the only reason I'm here. <laughs> the methodology kazoo will Well, you're there. thrilled that it's, it's me, which means it's going to be extra shit. <laughs> do you want to read out the bio then, Louise? Or it doesn't have very difficult words this week, so it'll be fine. Fuck you. hello and welcome to law my praxis today we're speaking with the hopeless professor of education and technology professor richard hall richard's research focuses on what makes the university so shit and toxic and thinks through different forms of higher education policy cooperative forms of education and pedagogy that aren't as vampiric as our current neoliberal system would like jesus christ alex i need to breathe His forthcoming book, the hopeless, the hopeless university, intellectual work at the end, at the end, at the end of history, I think that's a typo. At the end of history, <laughs> <laughs> examines forms of hopelessness and helplessness inside the neoliberal academy and considers how we might refuse the university as it has been constructed as a space that purely exists for capital. Get ready to rage. Welcome. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Thanks for that. Is that is that basically correct? We always kind of like gather our stuff from online sources, and that, oh. I have to say, your online profile for Demotfit was um, I didn't say where you're from. Um, <laughs> that's the one. That's the one thing I did put on there. Demotfit University uh, is is it's. I think I described it as stacked. There are so many drop down menus on your on your profile. We love we love a drop down. We love a drop down. It's all we've got. It's all our content drop downs. So this is some sort of reason for that kind of. I think there are 20 drop downs. 
on your think, on your page yeah i just wanted well they offered them on the on the there's a kind of content management system isn't there that somebody decided that we were going to use and i if there's 20 drop downs i want stuff in 20 drop downs i don't want, <laughs> i don't, don't just want four or five i want i want it's a smorgasbord isn't it right so it's a because i can as opposed to a yeah because it makes sense right okay yeah no i get that but it's really encapsulating for me what I think is one of the most irritating things about universities is the way that there's like words that are very similar but not quite exactly the same thing. So you've got like publication and outputs and under that you've got key outputs. I'm like, what is the difference? <laughs> Areas of teaching, but also courses taught. What is happening? Why are there so many different versions of stuff? <laughs> I, I don't know. And it also, it also, it's then down to me to decide what those key outputs are. Because actually some of them, in terms of publications, I ain't got no say on it. All get, it's, in the, it's in the repository, in it? So they're just going to spew those out. However, I get to choose which of those, you know, oh. however many are the arch oh. ones that people should read. And then I get locked into the whole, oh, I'll just give them, I don't, I'll give them the stuff I did for my history PhD back in the late 90s, which is not what they want. But then I'm sort of thinking, oh, do I have to curate my do I have to curate my identity so that it's kind of meaningful for whoever like stumbles across? Otherwise, that's my H index goose, isn't it? What I love here as well is the like, ah, oh, drop down menus just you know for ease of use, but we'll give you plenty more work to do so you think through <laughs> how they should be used. It's a, that's another university thing of like, oh, we've got some tech, it doesn't really work well but we spent money on it, use it. <laughs> well, as it is, we spent money on it, use it as well. And it's all self-service. It's all self-service, but, ser but serve yourself properly, you know, because <laughs> this, is, this is the image and the branding of the institution, isn't it? Oh, okay, here we go. That's actually taking us to one of our first questions, which is, what is your favourite piece of university-branded merchandise that you've ever come across? Oh, I used to like the squeezy stuff that you used to be able to get. I mean, I still met somebody today who was doing the rounds and was taking all the pens that they could get. And they weren't <laughs> taking them for themselves. They were taking them for their family. So there was like loads of, <laughs> loads of pen stuff was being taken. But I'm always, I'm always a big fan of anything you can kind of have on your, have on your kind of desk that reminds me a little bit of when I went to the Tour de France and when it was up in kind of Yorkshire, you know, and everyone was going up to Yorkshire, weren't they, to kind of to, to be part of that. And there was the effectively you stand on the roadside for hours on end and then some trucks come along and they throw things at you, which is like branded little squeezy dolls or whistles or whatever. And then and then you stand there and then the cyclists go in about like a minute or whatever it is, they all rush past you and then you and then you piss off, you know. I don't know, it just feels as all this stuff feels as vacuous, doesn't it? The whole merchandise. <laughs> I mean, like if I felt I guess the thing if I'm being honest, the best thing I ever had was from um, an indigenous, a Maori, indigenous Maori university in New Zealand, which was a, um, a coaster, which I've got at work, and it's beautiful, and I love it. But actually, most of the stuff we get over here ain't like that, is it? It, it, isn't, inscri it isn't inscribed and meaningful. It doesn't make you feel happy about yourself. It's pointless tat that reminds you that they are burning the planet. I mean, I don't know. I, I really love my uh, university branded COVID mask. That's <laughs> lovely, isn't it? Does it fit properly, though? No, it doesn't fit anything at this all. Is, my favourite thing about that mask is that we ripped into that for ages when that came on Twitter of, oh, let's use the pandemic for merchandise. And somebody gets a permanent job and somebody somebody now wears it in public. Well, that's because I 
keep forgetting where my other masks are and it's actually just really irritating that this is the one that's in my office mm. it's disgusting i hate it mm. but yeah i think my other favorite ones have been um the tattoos the temporary tattoos mm-hmm. um of the university logo that yeah. was great that's when the university you know brands you cool. physically marks you <laughs> uh that's a good one and um uh, the socks the socks the socks the are socks. a classic we love the socks yeah Incredible. as in pull your socks up as in hashtag success Oh, it's a nice one. It's got to have a hashtag on it, hasn't it? Is, Awful. Is um, are the socks? Are the socks? What are they? Are they walking socks, or are they like? Are they kind of? Look- they're not like practical. They're just like. They were bright pink and just. Are they Veruca socks? That's the kind of sock I'd want. I'd want something like a Veruca sock, or if you got like a fungal infection <laughs> on your feet or something, and then you could have, you could have that that kind of branding on a sock. Mm-hmm. Like, I, mean, I think they were that badly made that they probably would cause God knows what fungal infections mm-hmm. wise and things like that. I don't know. I can't speak for the university supplier. But I'm sh- <laughs> I'm sure it was very reputable. <laughs> I feel like I'm kind of I'm the wrong I'm the, definitely the wrong generation for kind of branded merchandise. So when you ask me the question, I'm kind of a little bit thrown because I'm thinking, oh crap, I haven't paid enough attention to the merchandise, you know. <laughs> but it's it's not aimed at nerds like me, is it? You know. But I have I've seen it through a window, definitely. I, I kind of maybe I'm gonna go maybe tomorrow when I go in, I'm gonna go and peruse. Um, well, maybe not maybe not um the merch then, but like, what's your favorite university? Like, does Demontfa have a brand? Does it have like a slogan? Like, we've got world changers welcome. Oh, okay. So you know catchy live laugh debt sorry <laughs> that's what it should be under the previous uh we, we had a new vice chancellor in, in in january um and 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 she's working yeah, yeah yeah so she's working through the kind of the new strategy and all of all of that so um the previous vice chancellor though it was dare to be fearless Ooh, that sounds like an energy drink it does doesn't it yeah it also just sounds just a bit redundant yeah. is that just me dare yeah. to be fearless like you did you're daring anyway like oh. yeah, yeah 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 well most of these most of these things are aren't they you know they're kind of redundant the strap line the imagery the mission statement my favorite um, thing to do is to buy certain other members of this podcast for their birthdays my version of Glasgow's <laughs> branded merchandise <laughs> so for Alex's birthday with it being world changes welcome at Glasgow I got her a cap, an embroidered cap in the university colours that says, damn, it feels good to be a world changer. It does, you know, it really does. I wear, I'm going to wear that cap tomorrow in my lecture. The students are going to hate it. <laughs> Is it not a standard thing you do wear, like in meetings? You should wear it, forget with the students, wear it, wear oh, it yeah. in, in your team meetings. Oh my God, yes. The next subject meeting, I'm just going to pop it on. Fucking but I'll, it. I'll only put it on when I have something to say. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Just in, while you're saying it, just make sure that the Zoom camera is on you. Just, yeah. <laughs> you need to make sure you're making as big a fuss as possible and say, well. What, hopefully then what will happen is by the end of the year, as soon as they see me reaching for the hat, they're like, oh shit, Alex is going to kick off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, cool. Um, so we do normally uh, curate a jingle, which mm. you already know and um, are pumped for, we can tell. Um, the name of the game for those of you who are listening and maybe have not listened to this before how dare you go back to episode one Um, (laughs) this is the point where we like to create a jingle on a kazoo because we have no money Mm -hmm. and if you can guess the tune you also have to think about why it in some ways is related to your research and actually Louise you're going to describe that because I'm not entirely sure well 
you did get in touch with us on Twitter prior to this interview and said that you'd be really angry if the specific song that you want for your jingle doesn't happen. Uh. So this is in homage to that. All right, we'll see how it goes. My dog has just entered the room and she is notorious for not enjoying the kazoo. <laughs> how was that? It's awful. Um, so it's, it's, you can't always get what you want in it. Yes! That was I nailed funny. it! It was awesome. It was awesome. Was that the was that that was the Rolling Stones version? Was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I tell you, you now it wasn't the one I wanted, but obviously. <laughs> there, I think the idea was. Screw you, Fuck you, you Richard. Idea, <laughs> <laughs> you can't get what you fucking want. <laughs> that was the kind of classic white male professor in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Look at him storming in here. Demanding methodology because you choose. I don't think so. We set the parameters here. Yeah, it's our methodology. Ah, <laughs> God, I'm kazoo. Uh, what did you want out of interest? I, I, I wanted, um, I wanted. It wasn't that I wanted it. Well, I did. I wanted it because it got in my, it got in my head. And then I, can't, I haven't been able to get it out of my fucking head for like, for like weeks. It is the classic from Greece. Hopelessly Devoted to You by Olivia oh, Newton. Oh, what a tune. What a tune. Yeah. How was that? Exactly. That's beautiful. <laughs> Absolutely beautiful, you know. Oh, but I actually was thinking as well for a second, I was, I was going to start going to um, the other one that I want instead. But, oh, yeah. okay. No, we don't want that. No, we don't want, we don't that. want that one. <laughs> Overplayed. Overplayed. It's all about Hopelessly Devoted to You. <laughs> there's a there's a there's kind of great line in um hopelessly devoted to you where she sings i know i'm just a fool who's willing to sit around and wait for you and i think that's too many of us inside universities if i'm honest <laughs> yeah. oh well, who do you think we're waiting for well it well part of it here because i quite often have this thing going where actually the thing that we're doing is we're waiting for our for our mother figure or, or father figure to tell us that we're worthwhile and that they do love us and that's why we keep throwing ourselves into oh my god i'm so sorry one second just a, just a moment wow <laughs> all right sorry please continue yeah, yeah. that that cut deep I was not prepared. <laughs> I was not prepared in any shape or form. We're all desperate for parental approbation, you know, and it's uh, and it's never and it's never forthcoming. Wait, does that mean that Anton Muscatelli is my dad? No, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> no comment, don't I? <laughs> Susie. <laughs> Everyone that I've met in academia is just desperate for validation. It just makes us <laughs> the worst individuals. It makes it makes it a really particularly cruel industry because not only are we all seeking validation but you know our job is validation like mm -hmm. it's looking for that validation so it just mm -hmm. is this perpetual circle of like tell me i'm clever <laughs> <laughs> tell me my ideas are great tell me that i wrote a book last year it's great <laughs> yeah. and, t and tell me that it's going to change the world yeah yeah well change tell me it's going to change the world because you're going to you're going to write four star next to it you know, yeah. And it's just going to be a beautiful thing, which means that, and not that institutions care about that particularly, you know, unless you look in a particular way, they, they kind of care about, that's very nice, bums on seats, lad. That's the hard, gritty truth of it. Which is why we say that this podcast is a five star. <laughs> <laughs> We're better than four star. <laughs> yeah, one star better, in fact. It's unreffable. It Absolutely unreffable. Because we're that way. great. In a good <laughs> way. <laughs> Although someone has included it on their CVs, to which I take great offence to. 
Um, <laughs> You're being commodified. Oh. We are. I don't oh. like it. But <laughs> it's, on, it's on someone's AHRC output report. Mm-hmm. Someone. Someone. Dr. Andrew McInnes, if he's listening. <laughs> and uh, will it not be? It's got to be on somebody's impact case study for the next ref. It's surely. I mean, I mean if it's not, I'm, I'm willing to write it into mine. Don't you fucking dare. <laughs> we are trying so hard to be unwrappable. And then it's always the fucking straight white men. This is why we don't have you on. It's always you guys who try and do this. I know. Commodifying every motherfucking thing. F. Are we so hopelessly devoted to the university? I think it's, it's for me, it's kind of interesting in a, because I've been in the space for a long, I mean, I've been institutional, well, we've all been institutionalized forever, haven't we? I've been institutionalized since I was four and that was a long time ago. And then other than, other than six months doing furniture removals and six months backpacking around India, I've effectively been in the university studying or teaching or doing whatever it is. I really enjoyed that little moment of a gap yard there. Very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was nice. Was it life changing? No, furniture removals was was literally back breaking. Furniture removals was, you know, you know, not ninety six hour weeks um, in West Brom and Wolverhampton is not what anyone wants. If I'm honest with you, you know. But then slumming it around India was was properly nice doing that on the on the on the cheap, you know. So I did enjoy that. But other than that. So I think there is a sense for uh, for me then as well about like things change things. I mean things have always been on that continuum of kind of shit to really shit. But but there was a definite pivotal moment in 078 after after the collapse of Lehman Brothers and all of a sudden you saw the amount of money sloshing. Oh uh, yes, the, the first major collapse. Wonderful. And mm. I have a sense because I was working in kind of uh, learn, in relation to kind of learning and teaching on the before and and it had a very definite kind of labour of love. We're going to enhance things. We can make things better. It will be, you know, be, we had a different conception of the student experience, which wasn't kind of customer after, mm. after 078 and certainly after the reforms in 0910 after Brown, that's mm. all gone, but we still hold the kind of, it's a labor of love. You know, I can, part of us kind of holds, and it's a beautiful thing. Bell Hooks's point about the fact that the, you know, the classroom is the last autonomous space. And this is about, this is about our students' souls and our souls. But at the same time, we're, be, we're, being, we're being told we've got to fill in all this paperwork and it's NSS and it's student as consumer or, and it's about value for money and the office yeah. of students regulates us around value for money. And trying to hold, it requires a, a fuckload of, of cognitive dissonance to sort of mm-hmm. say, oh, no, I'm going to hold, I'll hold my love for my work and my students over him. Meanwhile, I'm getting kicked by the regulator, kicked by the media, kicked by the government. There's a culture war being enacted. I'm being... I'm, I'm locked into a prestige economy where mm-hmm. in order to prove myself to my parents or whatever, I've got to compete <laughs> with these nurks down the corridor for resources and for that associate professor. Yeah, no colleagues, only competitors. Well, we collaborate in order to compete, don't we? It's like I, I, ref, I refer to it um, based on some work by a brilliant woman, Kate Bowles, out in um, Wollongong in Australia, is that it's a, it's a peloton. It's like the peloton in professional cycling. Yeah, yeah where mm-hmm. we're all in this thing and we're mates and we might chat, but my team's competing against your team and I've got, I've got to overwork in order to get this person to the front. And if I, and if I don't, we're all fucked. Mm-hmm. You know, I, might, I don't get my contract renewed. So for me, we're kind of caught, aren't we? We, we think it's one thing. We think it's a labour of love. It's hopeless for mm-hmm. me in two senses because it ain't that labour of love. We're being marketised out of existence. But the second thing is the space that we thought we were coming into to do good things is actually contributing to all of the shit in the world. So it has nothing to say about climate change. It has nothing to say about, about climate forcing. It has nothing to say meaningful really about austerity 
about mm-hmm. misogyny, about, you know, it's work, work on sexual violence in that space or in society more generally. All of, mm-hmm. the, all of these kind of moments, you know, it wants to tweak the system and make it better. But it has no kind of meaningful in-depth analysis based on how we're deeply alienated from our work. I ranted then for a bit. Oh, I loved it. It was great. It's great. It's what I came for, a powerful, energizing sense of rage. Um, there's mm. so much I want to kind of pick up on there. But the first thing I want to pick up on is this, um, oh, the disgusting marketization of everything and the transformation of students into customers. Because the email that I was raging at just before we started chatting is um, a new professional behavior framework, uh, <laughs> which includes sections on, quote, customer focus. What, um, what this behavior framework presents to us is, you know, good behaviors, the desirable behaviors, and then also a list of undesirable behaviors. So I'm going to read them out. Um, and I want you to tell us, uh, we, we, we've added one in that is not actually part of the framework. So I want to see if you can, you can spot the other one out. So this one is actually from the collaboration and teamwork behaviors. So these are the negative, the non-desirable ones. <clears throat> I focus on negative rather than the positive. I keep quiet if I am unclear. I avoid challenging conversations. I gossip or I complain. I am not a team player. So those are five options. Number one, I focus on the negative rather than the positive. Number two, I keep quiet if I am unclear. Number three, I avoid challenging conversations. Number four, I gossip or complain. And number five, I am not a team player. Which one do you think is uh, the one that we've added? Well, I'm I'm kind of struggling because I could believe that an institution would 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 want to invoke all of those you know <laughs> which, which and actually that and that's a and that's a really that's an indictment of the space we're in you know so i don't know i want to i'm gonna i'm gonna plump i'm gonna plump for the gossip one ah uh, no that one was a real one the fake one was i am not a team player mind <laughs> you, <kidding> me? <laughs> no. you actually, maybe 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 yeah you wouldn't i guess because they don't think that any of us would be stupid enough to own up to that right or mm-hmm. or that they perceive because that's the other thing that they do in it in in that one because uh, the word that you didn't the trigger word for me that you didn't use is family because they love, <laughs> oh they, shit i should try that they love they love that one don't they you know yeah, so yeah. i'm not part of the corporate family they can't yeah. quite believe that we're not, and i always think within that one oh that's great okay well where's the alcoholic then sitting in the corner who is who is who's who's the who's ruining every christmas yeah every single christmas oh god and i mean apart from anything else the undergraduate student as the model for the consumer has to be from a nuclear family where you know they've got the parents at home they're away from home supported by said family if they're a parent or a carer or any or have any other version of family then that's that's not the most desirable university family value yeah I agree completely. The carer angle is kind of fundamental, both for students who are themselves carers, who might be caring for aged parents or or dependents in all sorts of ways, might be foster carers, you know, or for 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 students who have been looked after, you know, and 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 that that all, all of those different components are kind of are kind of missing in the space, you know. I mean, you keep referring to them as students, but I want you to remember that they're customers. Yeah. So. Um... <laughs> So here, this is the final one that we'll do, and then we can move on to different. Uh, we can do other bits, but so this is from the customer focus section. Here we have uh, five options. Am I counting those correctly? Yeah, five options. Again, we've added one. So these are again negative, undesirable behaviors. Number one, I fear the impact of change. Number two, I focus on negative aspects of change. Number three, I resist change. 
Number four, I take a fixed view on things. Or number five, I am the change. (laughs) (laughs) This should be given to, I would love, I would love my, 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 my compadre Liz Morrish, who uh, with Helen Saunson wrote wrote a brilliant book on the kind of the discourse around kind of institutional poli- policies in the in the neoliberal university. She'd love all of this kind of. <laughs> she'd absolutely, go, go to town on uh, on this. What was the I resist I resist change? Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm having that one. All right, no, that was a real one. The fake one was I am the change. I am the change. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it's so corny. You could believe it. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I love that you fail on both. This went much better than I thought it would. Yeah, yeah. Oh well, you know, you fail on both is the kind of story of my life, really. You're definitely not getting that parental validation now. <laughs> well, I'm not gonna. I won't be sending. Uh, well, no, I will do because we'll tweet this out. My dad will probably listen. Nice. Lisa's mum always does. So. Oh yeah, my mum is our biggest fan. Shout out, Faye. Hey, Faye. Faye. Faye came to a keynote that I gave the other week. Um, She was like, I understood 75% of it. The thing that she didn't realize is that my dad set up her Zoom and um, instead of it being her name, she she watches it on the iPad and she doesn't know how to change the name and it just read Faye's pad pod with all these esteemed (laughs) colleagues or whatever. There's just Faye on her pad pod and it's just like, (laughs) Faye. No, speaking speaking of validation, I think um, here's your chance. It's your Tinder bio moment. Oh, <laughs> well, do you know um, who was it you had on the other week? Was who was um, who was asking what is a Tinder? What is a Tinder? I can't forget who oh, it was yeah. now. Is it maybe? Um... I think it was Nicole Seymour. It was Nicole. It was yeah. Nicole. That's right. That's right. And I was and I was kind of like. Because like when 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 the invite came through, I was um I was on I think I was on holiday in in Norfolk, with with some friends and their and their kids, and I was going and I was going, oh my god, what makes a good Tinder bio? I'm too old. For this <laughs> I didn't go through any of this, and so now I've got to. So there I was, kind of scroll. While everyone else is like doing the holiday thing, I'm scrolling through like. What makes a good Tinder bio? What should be? <laughs> How do I? So I'm, I'm doing all this work on on kind of Tinder and hoping hoping I haven't swiped left or right or whatever. <laughs> and, 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 and open and open and open my partner and my friends I don't wander in and see what I'm looking trying to. Set <laughs> Optimal Tinder. <laughs> there were there were I pitched three to you, didn't I? So my favourite one was because like I'm a kind of I'm I, I I'm a kind of heart get your heart broken kind of guy really so i'm not a oh, yes know, academic I'm, yes yeah <laughs> i'm not going i'm not going into any of this to kind of break to i don't know break hearts so I'm, I'm 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 too scared for one you know what i mean so <laughs> I'll, I'll pitch something that I, I i that i hope means you won't reject me now you know or maybe <laughs> someone will someone will feel some pity and come and get me so i went um looking for someone deeply dialectical to help me heal my epistemological break that's the one I like, I think. Oh, but I did quite like more dialectical than your ex. My praxis is deeply relational. I did like. What I'm enjoying that. is the way that you're delivering both of these. Is that I hadn't quite registered, but there's a really nice rhythm to them. The particular mm-hmm. looking for someone to be dialectical to help you heal my epistemological break. It just sounds like you're about to start a really shit rap. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm kind of here for that because I kind of want to see how it how it evolves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know. 
could you start a really shit <laughs> no <laughs> I thought I'd try no. I have an actual question though in terms of this though what is dialectics what is dialectical because I every time I try and describe it I get confused in myself oh, fuck I know I shouldn't have put that in my uh... <laughs> Yes, good. I'm glad it's not just me. <laughs> I am um, in the thing that I that, that has been that has been written now, the hopeless university. There was a sense in that. I don't know why. I spent I spent the summer of 2019 reading um, Hegel. It's, I don't know if that's allowed, but I did. So that should have been the Tinder bio. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No wonder you're so cheery. <laughs> Um, and I and because like previously I'd spent a lot of time with 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 Marx, you know, and I'd kind of well let's go and see, let's go and talk to the the kind of the grandfather or whatever, you know, of all of this, and we'll have a little. So you know, I was um, I then got drawn to um, to a bit of Lenin because we all get drawn to a bit of Lenin, don't we, at some point? And, and, yeah. But, but also um, Tolstoy's secretary is um, a woman called Raya Donievskaya. And she she writes about Marxist humanism, and she's and she's she's brilliant, and has written kind of extensively on kind of on on dialectics. So, I suppose for me, what I would say is about dialectics is um, it's complicated. Next question. <laughs> Excellent. I'll take that. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think what I'm. There's there's something for me about the re- the relationship between the kind of the the specific. The specifics of our lived experience, the kind of the way in which that's abstracted. So for for in academic terms, you know, the kind of the the specifics of of your everyday experience, having to read through whatever crap policy you've just had to read <laughs> through. And how what does that mean then in terms of your classroom, for instance? Mm-hmm. And then, well, what are the expected norms in the space? And who are they calibrated around? They calibrate around people who look like me, right? And what, what, what how, how I perform. So I ain't got care. I ain't got care responsibilities. I just like sit around thinking. I have a, I have low, low, low teaching load because it's all on people who look like you or who are, who are black or brown or whatever, you know. But it generally ain't white men. And then within that, there's a kind of universal conception, you know. And it's and it's about the market. It's about the commodity. It's about division of labour. It is about commodification in order that the services and the, and the things we produce can be sold on. So part of it, and it's about money, you know, these things kind of mediate and they operate kind of universally. So for me, it's about that relationship, that kind of flow. And how do we explain that kind of flow between our everyday lived experiences Mm -hmm. and that kind of universal set of conceptions of life? And part of it is that we, if we get it, that, and I think Lenin talks a little bit about kind of quantity into quality and the way in which kind of the the quantity of experiences might actually lead us towards a different qualitative understanding of life so that we might actually be able to change our kind of conception. This is part of the work really for me around kind of, I don't know, say decolonizing, which is about elevating those voices, those experiences and voices. I won't be doing the elevating. I'll be trying to create a space in which they can grab the conch and then reveal these, these kind of alienating marginalized experiences in order that we, perceive that well that's a that's shite isn't it well right it's beyond shite but you know what i mean what might we do? well that's a bit that's a bit rubbish do you want to see a cup of tea it's not the point i was trying Isn't that, is that not what decolonization is just like oh shit do you want some tea <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, not, tea, not tea that we've made you pick by the way yeah no exactly no no, 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 no not, not that no, 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 no. no, no. Mm-hmm. so i think that maybe tea's about... the worst thing to ask for maybe I we think... should i don't know i mean coffee's not much better louise i improve 
I am, I am Ruth. <laughs> Where do you think the sugar comes from, Louise? Oh, fuck. fuck's sake! We're also we're also in trouble, aren't we, over iron brew? Because isn't isn't there something about um uh, well, the Scotsman was reporting today about um, iron brew shortages, wasn't it? I think they can't so, get the carbon dioxide to carbonate it. Absolutely. I don't know. Something seems to have happened to our supply chain. I, I don't know what could have possibly happened. What I love is there's all these um these adverts at the moment. Not adverts. That's not what news articles are, are they? Kind of. Um, <laughs> and they might as well be. <laughs> but there's all these articles about like, oh, the, the lack of carbon um, dioxide, not carbon, whatever, the, the high high pressure carbon is uh, means there's going to be no turkeys for Christmas because they can't kill as many turkeys as they normally would. And as a vegetarian, I'm sitting there going like, cry. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so sad. Stop, cry, cry, cry. Um, <laughs> to be fair, they're not picking the veg either, so... Um... It's fine. It's fine. And lo, Athena Swan came into being. Speaking of decolonizing, is it, you know, is it enough to just shove Audrey Lord on a lit syllabus? Does that solve the problem? What do you bell hooks. No. Not not calling out any particular institutions at all, but like, you know, what is that enough, or what should decolonizing look like? Well, decolonizing definitely. So it's uh, it's is that is that a gerund? Is am I right? Is that a it's a kind of you know it's a it's a kind of an active thing, right? It's a it's mm-hmm. a kind of process. It's like that's the other thing that I quite like about you know that I take from the kind of dialectical thing is about knowing and doing and being and living mm-hmm. rather than you know knowledge and and you will and, and whatever. <laughs> so it can't be commodified. And I I kind of see decolonizing in the in the in the same space, but. But mm. but it is deeply relational, so mm. just just shoving Audre Lord or Bell Hooks or whoever it might be on the you know Angela Davis if we feel radical enough on the on the on <laughs> no the no room. that's too far oh, yeah. no. no prison watch yourself no prison abolition no abolition you know no 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 that, abolition <laughs> if we but if we care about it properly then it is about abolition so it will be about it will be about hierarchy it will be about those marks of prestige inside those institutions through ref tef kef whatever of a ref that you want to put in that space that are that are, cali- that are calibrated around competition and prestige that reproduce particular ways of living and particular ways of working as well within inside institutions so and a lot of it then is about is about relationships i i kind of struggle with whether it is possible to enact it inside structures mm. and cultures and practices that have that are inside a society set of societal structures that also need to be dismantled mm. um and that need to be dismantled not you not not from my perspective but but by he- by hearing those other voices and then and then and then actually well how do you want to what does a what does a meaningful way of living look like to you yeah. it's one of the reasons within this that i can't you know I've, we've done some work i've done some work with um a couple of kind of student groups around decarbonizing and decolonizing because i think mm. that there are that there are those links as well within this within this space that don't get talked about often enough so how are your internationalization Mm. strategies or your placement strategies or whatever it might be folding into this your renewal of the estate Mm. you know yeah all of that yeah no for sure i think um there are quite a lot of just even scholarships for um international students are very often funded by um Things like BP and Shell and, and stuff. And also, you know, then there's also the issue of um, extraction culture when you're taking knowledge from other places because it bolsters your um, research culture. International research culture. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. 
and Nancy Fraser's brilliant on on that the kind of the links between exploitation, expropriation, and extraction systemically, um, and how that alienates us. And you're you're dead right. There's that that idea that we commodity dump in the global south and we extract revenues, people, intellectual mm. capital, whatever from the south, mm. and then and then and then talk about it in terms of social mobility. Yeah, but they can't stay. That's the really important no, no, part, though. No, no. Like the visas are restrictive, so that's okay. If they've got skills that we need, like you know, tanker driving, they can stay, can't they? Maybe, maybe <laughs> only until Christmas Eve. Yeah, only until Christmas out. Eve. Get out. Save our Christmas and then fuck Save off. Our turkeys. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite. <laughs> oh man. Baby, can't you see? It's nothing else for me. The UCU for Fights Initiative. So I guess this kind of boils down to one question, which is like, do we really need the university? In its current, well, the prop, I got, when I had a couple of book launches where I got called out for, oh, Richard, you, you know, there is no the university. And I'm sort of, yeah, 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 I know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> it's the straw Shut talk. up, I'm speaking. It's my book launch. <laughs> Have you not seen what I look like? I take this. Quiet. <laughs> I think it was. It was more. Actually, it was more. It's four o'clock. It's Friday afternoon. I want a beer. Why the fuck am I having to deal with this question? Was, was, was pretty much the the long and the short of it. Do we? It's it's always been idealized. I remember going to um, Avignon a few years ago, and there's in the kind of palace in Avignon. There's a there's a brilliant just kind of I guess kind of display. Which which demonstrates the kind of the papal court, and it's got the you know it's got the the Pope in Avignon, and the professors are kind of here. So the kind of academic world is kind of adjacent to the kind of to the seat of power, and it and it validates power. So it validates it in relation to the church or the state or whatever, and that's pretty much what it does now. So there would be a question, I guess, of have we ever needed it? I guess we've needed the idea, and in and in part, I suppose this is that that idea as well. This is why I'm always keen to talk about the role of professional services in the space, because those individuals are the university as much as any others. So if we're talking about, say, a UCU vote on strike action or whatever, well, we should be talking to Unison and and, and Unite and other and and DS and the students' union and all of this kind of thing around that, because like we collectively are the community that 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 are building that space yeah. i don't think i i are in the book i i talk taken from um some brilliant work that's done by the um gesturing towards um decolonial futures collective and um a friend sarah amsler who works at, um, at nottingham put me on to this kind of this idea of composting the world that is breaking oh, yeah, it down yeah. recycling the nutrients doing something more productive with it that creates a richer ecosystem. And that ecosystem, mm -hmm. I think, can't just be the university. It has to be connected through to healthcare, social care, welfare, access to other resources in society. And then we and we collectively need a discussion about what, what structures are fit for that. Because the ones that we've got at the moment are just beyond fucked. Yeah. Isn't, <laughs> isn't that just public engagement? Aren't we doing that? It is probably... <laughs> It's probably the big society, actually, isn't it? I would oh, think. It's yeah, probably, yeah, 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 public engagement in the big society. No, because, like, I don't know what your public engagement looks like. This. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
maybe that's what it is when you're giving your keynotes with um you know and your mum your mummy's in there maybe that is maybe is that your public engagement i'm not sure well and they're all really valid right i'm not trying to diminish that at all however there is a sense in which in which and this isn't a kind of anti-expert thing either but there is a fetishization of the work that goes on inside the space almost as if it couldn't happen anywhere else and that just mm. and that leads to it becoming more and more alienated so what was your question again alex i don't even know no it's, nor me I, i'm sure it, i mean it was good so i don't yeah <laughs> it's do we need the university? Oh no, it was a question. Louise asked a question about decolonization, and then we went this way. Which was and great. then we asked about the whether we actually needed the university. Oh, that and was we, it. Yeah, yeah. Having having been paid today, um, I I feel <laughs> yes, 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 you do. But, uh, ask me next week, and uh, no, no, bullshit. <laughs> bullshit. There is definitely something in that, which is people have got to put food on the table, they've got to pay their rent, they've got to pay their mortgages, mm-hmm. they've got to do all of those things. So it is it is incredibly flippant for me to come on and say no, we you know we should do some burn it down, we should do something different, and and this is why it's part of it in the same way that decolonizing is. It's part of a pro, it's, it's a process, it's a conversation, and there are too many excluded voices, and the mm-hmm. conversations about the university. This is why it's that kind of hopeless thing are divorced from other social issues beyond can we find some knowledge exchange or some impact or mm. some knowledge transfer? Or can we commercialise this thing in order to solve climate change? Mm-hmm. I mean, okay, so is that kind of in one ways then this, the think of the link between um, decarbonisation and the university, like can we perhaps apply the transition narrative to where we currently are in terms of like, we know it's shit and broken and it's bad for us. How do we move beyond it? Because we're all actually, like I say, we, a lot of us are quite comfortable in that broken system still. Yeah. I mean, a lot of us are, right? There are people who benefit from it, and that's part of the problem. I like the idea of the transitions thing, but as soon as you mentioned it, I was thinking about some of those kind of dark environmental guys in particular who, who have a very kind of bleak, dystopian view that has no... I think I've gone for drinks with them. Yes, carry yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who... And, and 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 it leads in that in that space it tends to lead towards some form of eco-fascism i think you covered mm. that as well previously you know so that kind of that that almost green nationalism kind of thing oh, can, yeah, blur yeah. Into, can blur into that yeah. space and i would not want that with 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 ideas of a transition we can get our transition is to a more perfectly functioning marketized university <laughs> you know oh, God. <laughs> dark university is where we're going and the darkest timeline no thank you, you know? yes when instead of alienation effect, you say Verfremdung's effect. English is my Lieblingsfach, Lieblingsfach, Lieblingsfach. Was ist dein Lieblingsfach? English or the box? Away from the doctors then, um, is there glimmers of hope? Because what I enjoyed was the, the, the summary of the, the book that you've got coming out that was all about how does it end? What's the synopsis? Where is it? I had it on my, I've got 50,000 times. I mean, the book's out, right? I can't believe you've not read it. It's already out. <laughs> I've read it. I haven't read it. (laughs) (laughs) I just like to make you look bad. Sorry, that was rude of me. What was the what was the sentence? What was the The question was going to be something about like it's like um talks about lots of hopelessness and helplessness and then at one point oh yeah, the university has anxiety machine, almost overwhelming sense of Welchmerz uh, inside educational institutions. Um, and then at some point it's like, but then, and then it ends with this idea of hope Whoa, as a little, as a treat. <laughs> a little hope as a treat. As a treat. <laughs> it's, that, it's that thing, isn't it? Because like, um, my, the, the, the last couple of like things, extent, the last couple of books that I've written, the first one's called The Alienated Academic. 
and the second one's called the Hopeless University. So I only my sister would argue she works at staffs, and she would argue that I only trade in. in this is all I've got is is kind of negative. Is for whatever reason that happened in my past. <laughs> all I've got is is death and doom and despondency. And I do remember when I was writing Alienated Academic, thinking, oh God. We're all supposed to put something like upbeat and hopeful in, aren't we? At the end, like it'll, it's really shit, but it'll be one day. It'll all be better, won't it? You know, I wouldn't have had this if I'd stuck with my 18th century history. It just wouldn't. You could, you, you just critique the hell out of it, wouldn't you? And then put your little, you know, you have your strap line about I don't know democratic engagement in politics or something, and that'd be it. I wouldn't have to write this kind of, oh, it's really crap, but it might be better. My take on it is. <laughs> My take on it is, and it and it's why there's quite a lot of work on critical hope, and mm. I'm more interested in hopelessness because my take on it is almost you've got to sit with the hopelessness and work through it rather than not. You've got to really sit with it. It's a process of grief and mourning, mm. and you've got to sit with it and work through it in a way that you can then compost that grief and do something productive with yeah. it. But we don't do any of that. We overwork. Our, our workload models are to, are to cock. People don't get promoted, and they should do. They don't get recognised. The emotional labor inside the classroom or wherever gets dumped on particular people, you know, and we all say, oh, well, rather them than me, you know, do it to, it's 1984, do it to Julia, you know, it's not, it's that kind of thing. <laughs> and for me, it's a kind of, no, 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 well, we collectively need to sit with that and the stories of that in order to decide what, what is it that we're going to do when we move forward. And so the storytelling around it and the lived experiences is really important. It's what I kind of take a little bit from my naive reading of, the gesturing towards the colonial futures collective and and the work of those groups you know the solidarity networks um Combahee or whatever who have who have kind of had to fight for black women or queer communities or whatever it might be in terms of inverting these narratives and hearing who is who who is who's speaking from a, from an alternative sort of space so mm-hmm. that's my moment of hope my moment of hope is not the people who got us into this mess who look like me are not the idiots i want to listen to to get us out <laughs> they have they have so i don't really understand why you've invited me on but we're here aren't we you know? we like to offer diversity in which <laughs> yeah. well you know don't forget uh, about the straight white prof yeah. <laughs> well, well we're endangered and we're at risk of being cancelled right so i salute your work here thing for me i think is about that with it within this is they aren't the voices i want to hear in order to try to offer us solutions to any of these problems of social reproduction in relation to the climate, in relation to austerity, in relation to putting food on the table, social care, health care. And actually, we know that those communities, that, you know, those kind of feminist communities, those black communities, those queer communities, those intersectional communities have always had to problem solve and find themselves a way through. They, they, you know, on the one hand, on the other hand, we know that whilst people like Elon Musk or whoever that we might, <laughs> I know that we might fet, that we I we don't right but people might fetishize their work is built upon kind of that mass intellectuality at the level of society there are a gazillion people who hold that knowledge well we've we've kind of formulated it in one really toxic space and way where we can monetize <laughs> it well let's 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 reclaim it and liberate it let's re- let's compost it and recycle that back out that's my moment of hope I like that a lot. Because it's like, it seems to be, and I'm sorry, I haven't read the book yet, but I will because it's... Uh... You're just like my dad. This is outrageous. <laughs> I'm not here to validate you, Richard. Yeah. Uh... Daddy never loved me. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my own insecurities coming through. It's, uh, it's all of ours. It's all mine as yeah, well. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. So you talk about that, obviously, I, I, I'm guessing you engage with sort of different like utopian theories and ideas of like hope and that kind of sense of critical hope. But do you look then at sort of like, pe- um, like pessimist criticism as well? Like, like I'm thinking like the only pessimism I know about is like Afro-pessimism and that the kind of form of the less kind of happy clappy, we're all going to get through it and more sort of like, no, it's still really shit, but there is a way to survive in the wreckage, I guess. No, I don't think so. And I don't I don't engage. It's one of the kind of criticisms actually of, of me is from people who do engage in critical hope is that I don't particularly engage in those narratives either. There's a there's a rich vein of work that's been done there, some brilliant work by people like Anna Dynastine at, at Bass. She's done amazing work on it, you know, but it doesn't speak to me for all, mm. sort of, for all sorts of deeply autobiographical reasons. Hopelessness and surviving hopelessness and composting it and coming out the other side speaks mm-hmm. to me, you know. So the kind of, I guess, a lot of the literature that I do engage with is probably more psychological. It's probably more. Mm-hmm. It, it comes out, a lot of it comes out of a decade in therapy, you know. So mm-hmm. so there is a there's a there's a there's a thing in in that in that space, and you know, I don't know, maybe engaging with the work of Cormac McCarthy, you know, which gets. <laughs> Ah, the smiliest of authors, yay. (laughs) You get, well, you know, I read The Road in whenever that was, 2008, and I couldn't touch literature again other than Marion Keys, which is available in the back. In fact, they're both by each other, both in the back corner of the room. I have Cormac McCarthy and my Marion Keys together. It's strange. There isn't a Cormac McCarthy musical, to my knowledge. (gasps) Maybe the only time we've we've, uh, not managed to connect a musical. Is there a Marion Keys one? Probably. There should no, well, there should be for but for either and or both or some kind of fusion. The musical thing's interesting, fusion. isn't it? Uh, uh, what is your what is your favorite musical? My favorite musical. I have lots of favorite musicals for different things. <laughs> I love Sweeney, Sweeney Todd. I love Drood. Yeah, a lot of them I like because ones that we've done, and then I like I fucking love shit musicals as well. Like I love Cat. I love Heathcliff, <laughs> the the Wuthering Heights, Cliff Richard musical, just because it's so bad. I just, I find them in- incredibly funny as well. Yeah. I was thinking, since we, we're coming kind of near the end of our time, so I was thinking that we could just ask you a little You're bit. You've got to cut so, the musical thing out, aren't you? Oh, it's like the best probably. bit for me. <laughs> Possibly. But What's your favourite musical? 40 Second Street. 40 Second Street. Oh, tap? No. <laughs> <laughs> It's the group dances. I'm with the view, you see, because I'm kind of old, opinionated bloke. I'm of the view that, that there are good songs in musicals post-73, but there are no great musicals. Or, and yet Ooh. almost every musical prior to 73 is a great musical, or at least has a majority great songs in it. Mm. Mm. I literally have no thoughts on this. I can, so. I can, I can piss off, can't I? That's what's happening. <laughs> yeah, no, that, I have you feelings. I'm just going gonna, gonna to say... Yes, I agree wholeheartedly. I think that's the strongest opinion I've got, way more so than the on um, the idea of the university, to be honest. Sorry, Louise. I think that's utter bullshit. I mean, I think the university would make a great musical, but I'm in the other academy. Really yeah, it's, it's always been a, a dream to do, you know, my thesis, the musical. No one cares for you, us, me, when you're... A fractionally paid ECR. It's hard. Yeah, um, um, we were going to ask you about is obviously you've worked a lot on radical pedagogy and, you know, is a pedagogy of like, hey, kids, is that radical enough? Like, as an educator, what's the worst you've ever fucked up? Like, what, how, how have you most, <laughs> most embarrassed yourself in a university classroom? Oh. Discuss. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. I was, um, I mean, hey, kids isn't going to cut it. 
is it when you're a 50 year old man no don't say that (laughs) it's literally my pedagogy it's just kind of oh it might do for you it ain't it ain't for me you know so my radicality ain't going anywhere near hey kids (laughs) the worst i've fucked up was probably when i was teaching the american revolution to uh, trinity and all saints this would have been when i was doing my phd so probably about 96 and i was teaching the american revolution it was all from primary sources and we were we were focusing that there was the kind of the there was a british perspective and there was a a kind of a revolutionary perspective and there was a we're going to side with the british but we're in america kind of, kind of perspective in there mm. um and and for about 13 weeks i completely forgot to teach that bit and we didn't engage with any of that and then one of the groups in that the, they all it got divvied up so the assessment was that the groups had to take like one of these one of these kind of perspectives each and there were three of them which meant that one of the groups was completely fucked because we hadn't dealt with any and it was only in the at the moment of assessment that i thought oh shit that has completely bollocks this whole other than that it's probably having my flies undone isn't it that's the other <laughs> that's, the, that's, the, that's the other one that, that yeah. has happened you know well you know, a couple of times, and he's and he's mortifying. <laughs> I mean, that's what that was the beauty of Zoom teaching, right? No one could tell if you've got anything on. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I mean, I haven't been wearing proper trousers in a very long time. It's disgusting. I don't. I don't think campus. you own trousers. You only own skirts or leggings. Dungarees and leggings. Fitness. Right. Okay. Fitness. And athleisure. Have you? What's your biggest? Um, what's your biggest fuck up? I mean, I'm I'm a great pedagogue, um, so <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I think I think it would just be something really stupid. It's usually my mouse that gets me into trouble for reasons, which is exactly why I have a podcast. So I think that probably when I forgot that they were starting to do lecture recording, the lecture was on October third, and I made a Mean Girls reference to blank faces and I told them you're all so fucking young I hate you all (laughs) (laughs) like totally in jest and then I realized oh and then I went oh fuck this is being recorded isn't it and then proceeded (laughs) to swear about four or five times afterwards as I realized my mistake oh fucking I've gone and done it again oh shit 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 like so yeah I think that's maybe one of my special ones I think for me that one's quite funny mine was a horrifying moment when um I thought I printed off the full lecture that I was about to give on a topic I knew absolutely nothing about, but had, you know, had written enough down to get through a lecture and um, the ink had run out halfway through and I had half the rest of the pages were just blank. And I was just like going off some really basic slides I'd put together, but thankfully it was a very, you know, it was a first year lecture and I'm sure they don't even remember it. But at the time I felt my stomach just plummet, just like come out on the other end, it was horrible. More fool you for lecturing with notes. <laughs> what kind of idiot am I? What kind exactly. of idiot? <laughs> that or getting confused between different names. I always get that wrong. Like everyone's names all the time. Just mix them up. They all look the same. Well, it's like it's like Poppy and Jessica. I have like at least three Poppy and Jessicas in every single class I teach, and it's just they all look exactly the same. Was that when you taught at Edinburgh? Hair. I'm not saying anything. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely when she taught at Edinburgh. <laughs> You wouldn't get away with that at DMU. No poppies, no Jessicas down here. Cool. Okay, so we normally end by saying, uh, is there anything that you would like our delightful audience to know about? Do you have upcoming things they should read or go to? Now is the time to tell them about it. Uh, of course, your book, which we've both read. Yeah. <laughs> Incredible. Groundbreaking. No. Five star. 
the, the, the self-promotion thing is uh, is all contained on 611 tabs on the uh, university you can find me there they're in for a real digital journey <laughs> <laughs> surfing the web as some would say <laughs> i think what the only thing i'd say is that the, the hopeless university was out with mayfly books which is a kind of you know radical open access kind of space so it's um you ain't gonna pay anything just download the thing Oh, you should have told me that earlier, then I'm definitely going to read it. You ain't going to pay. We've been Long My Praxis. If you like what you heard, you can subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget, a five-star output deserves five-star reviews. No reviewer two comments, please. Shout out to our biggest fan and most consistent listener, my mother. Faye, you can get in touch with us by emailing lawmypraxis at gmail.com or finding us on Twitter at lawmypraxis. Today's episode was brought to you by the letter X for fuck you and the number four for four fights. Our shape this week is the picket line. Remember to tell your friends with apologies for a cross-posting. Bye.